0: Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
2: It's only preseason, but I'm hype Bill fuck. Jimmy G oh buckets get buckets. Oh my goodness! Gimme the hot sauce, Bill Fox!
3: Give me the hot sauce! What are you doing, Dragon? Did you not get the memo?
4: Derek goes. can go upstairs. Whoa! Oh,
2: Happy holidays, it. everyone. It's time for a brand new edition of the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast. Reunited. And it feels, well, it feels okay. We're here <laughs> celebrating Mark. the holidays. That Grinch. A couple of weeks ago, Stacey and I were in Miami. Last week, I had to do some duty at Channel 7. But we're all back in Tim's palatial Palatine Studios with a new addition. How you doing, Tim? Red as always.
0: I've never been more red because <laughs> it's Christmas.
3: <laughs> I'm telling you, look at movie Scanners like he's getting ready to
0: explode. <laughs> I'm not scanning you guys Before for the past 10 minutes. One, yeah. or one or the other. Well, they go hand in hand. You start scanning when you're constipated.
2: <laughs> Jeez. You know, for Christmas, somebody should have got you one of those portable blood pressure uh, checkers. No. I mean, he's high right now. I mean, is high right now. Could,
0: <laughs> could be because of you two guys. No, no, it's nothing to do with us. I'm pretty sure it is. I was I was a normal tone, and then you guys walked in, the hypertensive feeling started to elevate.
2: Wow. wow. Flaming it on us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, did you get anything good for Christmas, Whispers?
0: No, I was the giver. The giver. That's usually how. Tell it goes folks in my house.
2: about uh, your special delicacy that you serve for your Christmas gathering.
0: Swedish meatballs. Yeah, I had to make. But hundreds you're Irish. Of them.
2: How do you make Swedish meatballs? I'm, I'm half guy. Norwegian.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah, learning yeah. things about That's people where, all the time.
2: <laughs> tell, uh, tell folks how That's long where the you height spent and the good cooking. Looks came from <laughs> cooking a thousand Swedish meatballs.
0: It takes uh, six hours. And Did it's you say a lot of work. No, about 250. It still takes just as oh, long. I was ready to say. Wow. But I mean, you get your- your get the the yes. Kelly family, very hungry. You put yeah, like eight yeah. to 10 in the skillet at a time, even though you've got a few skillets going. Well, okay. It takes First forever. One, who all
2: came to the Because the, the we didn't get invited, as you yeah. recall, Stacey. You yeah, <laughs> know. yeah. Who, it would have been who, nice he, to get he, an invite, he, but- Who all yeah. came?
0: Not even my younger brother got invited. He was sitting on their side of the glass. Oh, so you so. had other families come. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not his own. He just got people yeah, yeah. off the street to come in and eat yeah, some Swedish yeah. meatballs.
3: Maybe that Rodriguez guy. What was the name of the guy that came in here? Was the
0: the, 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 the the most hated fan in America. The most hated fan in America. Did you invite yeah. him? Of course. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, he, no. no. And Mark didn't get invited in No, but he might be on later. I Did think you we invite the crazy in. guy from Ford Myers who thought you were stealing his girlfriend? I can't find him. That's part of the problem. <laughs> he's on the lam? <laughs> yeah, yeah I can't the, find he, him. He
3: probably found a, the real person who's
0: messed with his wife. Yeah, we got to call <laughs> John Walsh, see if we can find him. Oh, man. All
2: right. So I guess we'll talk a little bit of sports here. I hope you all had a great Christmas out there and looking forward to New Year's Eve coming up this weekend. So hopefully everybody's got another party left in them. And we're going to talk about the Bulls who have been playing some good basketball lately. They're nine and four in their last 13 games. They pulled out a victory over the Atlanta Hawks on Tuesday night. Andre Drummond was fantastic. 24 points, 25 rebounds. Those 25 boards, a season high. And 2020s are nothing new. And Stacy forecasted it before the game, well, the you, pregame Mark. show. Yeah. Thank you,
3: Mark. I'm glad you you brought that up because there were some people in the pre- and post-game show trying to take credit for that.
2: They got salty, too.
3: They didn't get salty, but they didn't say it. Yeah. I, 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 said, I said, this is a 2020 night for Andre Drummond if he doesn't get in foul trouble. Didn't get in foul trouble? 2020 night. Look at those numbers.
2: Yeah. The big cat. And, it, and you know, the thing that really impressed me the most, Stacey, is he's playing, you know, 14, 15 minutes a game, and they said, you're the starter, and you're going to be out there for big minutes. And he didn't look fatigued at all. He's no. a, a credit to him for keeping yeah, himself, keeps, his, his himself, conditioning yeah, up. he keeps
3: his conditioning up, and he's a pro. This guy started over 600, almost 700 games as a starter. as a two-time All-Star. He's been licking his chops for an opportunity to play. And for whatever reason, you know, Billy doesn't put him in the rotation like he should be. You know, I thought his first year here – uh i think he was under like 10 minutes a game you know and then this year they moved him up to like 13 to 14 minutes and a guy who can rebound like that and an and area that the bulls are really really struggling at getting defensive boards you would think that he'd be in the game more and i've always attributed to late game situations not being a good free throw shooter you know being you know being put in a situation where he has to make free throws but a guy get those kind of rebounds i mean there was one point he was out rebounding, you know, out rebounding the other team. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. that's how bad it was. I mean, he he seemed like he got every single rebound. And Atlanta's not a bad team, you know. So don't don't look like it was the sisters of the poor. You know, I mean, Trey Young came in on a streak of thirty and ten assists, um, and they've been playing pretty well. They're starting to they're starting to get their their mojo back a little bit. And uh, you know, Clint Capella's not a bad big guy. They had you know. Um, What's the kid, the
2: Okinawa was um, Onyeka Okongu. <laughs> Okongu. <Okongo>. Yeah,
3: Okongu. <laughs> I said Okinawa. Um, but he's another big guy that I mean they had some big guys and he just dominated those guys. I mean, especially on the offensive glass.
2: One of the reasons why he hasn't been getting a lot of minutes is Vooch has been an iron man. He played all eighty-two games a year ago. He played the first thirty-one this season. But uh, our local guy, Max Struess, uh, kicked him in a very sensitive area. And you could tell that night that Vooch was in a lot of pain. He finished that game, surprisingly enough, because he was on the ground for a long time. But obviously the after effects, now they're talking, uh, Shams Charani is saying he'll probably be out for a week to 10 days.
3: Well, I mean, that's what, that's what you got uh, you know, Andre Drummond for. You know, if he can Listen, you're not going to get 25 and 25 every night. You know, but what you can get out of him, he's, he's a serviceable so big that will get you double-double. You know, I could see him getting, you know, 14, 15 points, you know, 12, 13 rebounds during this stretch that Vooch is out. And I, I think it's very important for him why Vooch is out to establish himself, because, you know, what I what I see with Andre Drummond, you know, is the fact that he's a rim protector. He plays the pick and roll better than Vooch uh, and he's really a better rebounder you know Vooch is a better scorer, a better passer. So their games are completely different. They can complement each other, which is surprising they don't play together much more. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Vooch is a better offensive player and a better passer, but Drummond for what the team needs, especially down the stretch mark when the game is on the line, he's a better rebounder, he's a better rim protector, and he can get out and defend the pick and roll better than Vooch can.
2: Whispers, what's the worst kick in the groin you ever got?
0: Oh. You oh, <laughs> I've, I've I I ta- know you
2: dabbled in the uh
0: mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. I've taken uh, a few shots and what yeah. most <laughs> a lot more than that. So <laughs> I mean, <they> had a <laughs> bunch of <free> candy, <laughs> counters, baby. No, we're not talking about the free candy stuff you used <laughs> to get back hey, in the day. Hey, hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but uh most people don't realize you're not allowed to wear a cup in competition. Okay. And so uh you you take some shots because the cup can be used as a weapon, you know, when you get uh, someone uh, triangle or something like that so yeah you, you how, take, how would you exactly would you use it as a weapon would
2: their face be down there yeah. yes
0: you them? yeah no you can actually crush it then like a bone against their face or or to their head or so or so
2: kicking the nuts is fine in, in mixed martial arts no no rights. a
0: kick to the cornflakes is not not a good feeling but it happens no quite but it's often. legal no it's not legal but it, happens. No, but it happens so you could be going for a leg kick or something and because you can kick like the inner thigh or outer thigh but you mm-hmm. miss and you connect yeah
2: yeah it I'm happens a, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it happen. And yeah, Vooch was down for the count on Saturday, no, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, if he, people like underestimate what it is. There was that guy on, uh, was it America's Got Talent? His talent was getting kicked in the nuts. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, oh, right. yeah, right, right. How does that I become see, a yeah. talent? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he'd jump off a ladder and land on a two-by-four and break right. it with his nuts.
3: Wow, he must be in some serious S&M.
0: Yeah, happy holidays, yeah, yeah. everybody. <laughs> Let's change
3: on this with America.
2: This hey, let, is starting to get a little creepy. Let's get nuts. back to the Bulls. Uh, they've got some injury issues now with Vooch being out 7 to 10 days, and Billy Donovan provided an update on Zach Levine before the game against Atlanta. He said he started to do some side-to-side movement, a little bit of cutting, but he said that, that Zach still has to do some serious ramp-up before he comes back. Reading between the lines on that, Stacey, that sounds like another two to three weeks It could take him to mid-January before he's back.
3: Listen, America. Zach's gonna come back a lot sooner than what people
2: think. Think yeah. so? Yeah, yeah. I,
3: I think so because um dun, 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 dun. I, I, this is just my personal take right. on it. Just to the simple fact that he, he he's unhappy. And the longer he sits out, there's two things that's happening. The longer that he sits out and his team continues to win, it looks like it was his fault that the team was, you know, losing. And it really is not his fault. But that's what it looks like to the perception of the average fan. And then your stock goes down as far as trade value is concerned, because then you know when teams are looking at him and they're saying, "Well, this team is winning without him." You know, they're you know whatever the record may be when that point comes, they're nine and four right now. So when you're looking at that record, you're saying, "Wow, like okay, what did we give up for him?" You know, right? Because most and he makes of them, a ton of money. He makes a ton of money, and he's yeah. going to be your third option on all the teams that they're talking about trading him to, or the teams that want him like Shams and all these guys and Woes talking about all these teams that won him. On those teams, he's the third option. And so you're going to be paying $40 million for the third option. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a lot of money. And then does this guy impact your winning? Is he he a guy that can push you from being a a second-round playoff team to possibly get into the Western Conference Finals or Eastern Conference Finals or beyond?
2: Does he have that ability? Yeah. There's a story out on Wednesday that uh, Rich Paul, who represents Zach Levine, of course, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and so many other big stars, is uh, going to have a meeting or is open to a meeting with Leon Rose, who is in charge of basketball operations for the New York Knicks. And the Knicks would seem on paper as a a likely suitor for Zach because they need some more offense uh, in that half-court setup for them. But the problem is in talking to somebody who knows knows that situation pretty well that Tibbs doesn't want Zach back.
3: Well, and here, here's also the thing too. Most of these teams are offering trash.
4: Right. You know, they're, they're, the, they want to steal them. Yeah.
3: Some of these things they're offering is a joke. Like mm-hmm. there's no way in the world if you're AK or Mark Eversley, you're gonna give give just give Zach away because And take right a bad him, contract and back. Take a bad contracts yeah. back and then take younger talent that's not really worth taking back, um, just to, to even out money. Um The Bulls are not in the situation that Philadelphia was in where they had to get rid of James Harden because one, he was a detriment to the team. Uh, Number two, you know, his contract was up, so he was going to walk. So he was going to make it very disruptive. One thing about Zach, Zach's been a professional. He hasn't. He's not been disruptive. He's been a supportive Mm -hmm. teammate, which that's what you want to see if you're the organization. Like he, You don't want to have to have a guy say, we don't want you around our our younger players. We don't want you around the team. Just stay at home. They haven't done that because that's not Zach's personality. Zach is still invested in the team and the players because this is a very close-knit team off the court. So everybody loves Zach. And so, Zach has been the ultimate teammate right now. Even with the team's success, he's he's been cheering. He's been, you know, at every meeting, he's been at practice. You know, he's been helping the younger, the guards, you know. So, that's a good sign. But everybody who wants Zach, you look at some of these trade proposals, it's like, are you serious? Right, like, right. Like, for, for the Lakers to be telling everybody Austin Reeves is not on the trading block, like, he's untouchable. No, you're not going to get a, a two- or three-time All-Star like Zach Levine, if that kid's name's not included,
2: right? You got to get something you, you back. You got to get
3: something back, and that's a young, that's a a second year, third year player, young player that the Bulls could bring in. And you you've heard AK; they're not want to completely rebuild; they just want to retool. Mm-hmm. And what they're seeing right now with the team that's playing right now with the Bulls with with Billy Donovan's team is that this team looks pretty pretty good. You know, to lose a guy like Zach who's been out. The ball's moving, and like I said, it wasn't. It's not all Zach's fault. It's not all Demar's fault. But the question is, can Zach? If we decide to keep Zach, we don't get what we want from him. Can Zach refine his game and like Demar has done, and and try to fit into what we're doing here? Are we going to continue? He's going to continue to play the way he plays. You know, I'm just going to shoot when I want to shoot. I'm not going to play any defense. I'm not going to pass the ball. I mean, if you're going to do all that, then you, you might as well sit out.
2: Yeah, because Demar sat out and Zach sat out the first game. The, you know when Zach was injured, and Demar immediately assimilated his game into what the team was trying to do. And you know, remember in San Antonio, he was playing a, a point forward kind of role, and now his assists have gone up big time in December. Heck, the game against Atlanta last night, he had four points at halftime, but then in cl- in, cl- in clutch time. He decided that he, he was going to take over, and he carried him to the victory.
3: Well, and I think he understands that. Like I, you know, we talked about it last night, is like you know in the first the first quarter, he was just trying to get everybody involved. He yeah. wasn't even trying to score. And so at halftime, as you say, he had four points. And then when the team, the offense, kind of bogged down a little bit, this is where his one on one ability comes into play. This is when isolation comes into play because he can get buckets or he can find open guys because he's a willing passer. The same thing has to be when with Zach sitting over there. You have to change your game a little. You're gonna to have to make some sacrifice. You may not average 25 points a game. You might only average 20. But if that's gonna help the team win and it's gonna help some of these younger players get involved, because as we've seen in this win streak, the more people that are in double figures, the better chance your team has to win. Right. When you only have two guys and maybe three guys in double figures, and the rest of them are in single digits, and some of them are non-existent. You know, Patrick Williams not having having a goose egg across the board, or I'll having a goose egg across the board you're not gonna win games. It's gonna be very difficult for you to win games. What we've seen in his win streak is, is that you've seen six guys in double figures, seven guys in double figures, and it makes you that much more lethal offensively.
2: And with Zach on the sidelines, uh, Kobe White's offensive game has really blossomed. He's averaging about 23 points a game during the month of December. And the last two games were interesting. He didn't make a three point shot. He was really struggling with the long ball, but yet he still found a way to contribute, get to the free throw line and score close to 20 points in other ways.
3: Well, that's the maturation of Kobe's game, you know, because th- the last couple of games he struggled with his three-point yeah. ball, And so now what he's doing is he's recognizing that, hey, I'm the three-point's not falling. I'm still going to take it if I'm open, and which you don't mind because it's in the flow of the offense, and he's one of the best three-point shooters. So he's going through a little slump right now, like J- uh, Javon Carter went through a slump, and now he's starting to get his stroke back. But what Kobe's doing, what I really like, is, is really understanding like, okay, the shot's not falling. I'm gonna drive it to the basket. I'm gonna to get to the rim, try to get to the free throw line. You know, he had nineteen points last night, and you look at five assists. I know the shots seven for twenty two. You know, I mean And those I are mean, mostly
2: because of three point misses.
3: Exactly. But you know, you can see he can do other things. The numbers, don't lie. I mean, he's he's having a phenomenal season.
2: We're going to have a special guest coming up in our next segment, a guy that was very popular with Bulls fans, Ronnie Brewer, who was part of the bench mob with uh, the Tom Thibodeau teams from 2011 to 2013. He's going to join us and talk about his NBA career, and what he's doing now as uh, head of recruiting at the University of Arkansas. But let's talk about a couple more NBA topics before we bring Ronnie in. This story, I'm sure, interested you because you got the two dogs at home. Aaron Gordon, the starting power forward for the Denver Nuggets, is going to be sidelined indefinitely. He was bitten by a family dog over the Christmas holiday. 21 stitches, he had lacerations on his face and his shooting hand, his right hand. And, and you know, you love dogs. That, that's that gotta be the worst feeling in the world when a family dog is the well, one that uh, turned on. You know on.
3: what, I hope it doesn't come out that it was like a Chihuahua
2: or a... Yeah, that would be Homsky bad for Eric. for know, so, a little bitty <laughs>
3: dog. Please tell me it was like a Rottweiler yeah. or it was a pit bull. Because to get 21 stitches, I mean, that dog had to attack Yeah. It. Like it, it, or it had to be someone else's dog that he's not familiar with in the dog attack. Cause I, if you own the dog, I, I don't see a dog turn. Yeah, on like it's that. very odd. I just don't see that happening. So uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully he'll be okay. It could have been a lot worse. I mean, but 21 stitches for a dog attack is like major.
2: You ever had a dog turn on you? No, 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 You probably wouldn't not, be around I very long, right? <laughs> so, I, used to oh. live, I used
3: to deliver newspaper back in the day when kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I used to go into this little trailer park and uh oh. they had this, and one of the trailer parks had like 20 little dash hounds, little weenie dogs, yeah. little dash hounds. And so every morning I'd be at six o'clock and I'd you know I'd hear them. You know, they you hear the little gravel. And they'd the <laughs> <beat>, and, <laughs> and I would I would throw the newspaper and
2: they would chase me. And they would literally, they tackle me. I'd be getting attacked by like twenty little weenie dogs, man. So, so so I had to go tell the
3: people like, Hey, look, if you don't, you know, put your dogs up, you're not getting the paper. Yeah. Cause you know, you if you've never been attacked by Weenie Dogs, America.
2: Hey, I I had person. German shepherds on my route. I was living in fear of that. Oh man,
0: I'm you, <laughs> the, 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 the dangers
2: that a paper boy had to go yeah, through back in the day. I know.
0: Day, well you was, guys have no idea. What, what All right, what do you
2: he got, was, was...
0: Well, when I was growing up and had to ride my bike back from work to my parents' estate, I was chased by massive Rottweilers, but the worst for the Irish Wolfhounds. They're this tall. You get a pack of those chasing after you and they could run like deers. They ever get you? They catch no, you? I, I, my dad gave me a piece of telephone cable to hit them with and spray oh, paint geez. to spray them with. Wow. But if I had wiped out on my bike- That's some great
2: parenting right there. I would have just, <laughs> just hey, it toughens you up. Wow. Yeah. The
3: job of a paper was tough back in the day. I mean, I don't even. When did they stop delivering the newspaper? Like kids stopped delivering newspaper.
2: You it's been that? a while, yeah. Have, yeah,
3: you used, the, used to have the little the little pouch and you put. It's a the rite paper of passage,
2: and
0: yeah. yeah. Hey, and then
2: you have to get up at four in the morning on Sundays. Hey, yeah, yeah. the, the, the huge thing. papers, They're all so the advertisements. So so They're dead. still
0: confused. Get a picture of an Irish wolfhound. Can you pop, pop one up? I don't think you guys know what this is. Listen, no one really cares yeah. okay, you because because I was atta- I was attacked. <laughs> <laughs> so you me think and Mark, <laughs> me and Mark are literally attacked by dogs. That's you right. we talk are you? talking to you're to yeah. talking about a state. Well, they they, a state. I didn't mind the German Shepherds and the Rottweilers. But these things. OK, this is like having a Sasquatch. Like the wood. Cujo or what? They're terrifying. They're oh my five goodness. feet tall. Haunted, haunted it's hounds, Damn, you're the biggest whispers. Dog in the
2: I world, got bats careless today. whispers. <laughs> you ever seen bats? You oh mad. yeah, yeah. Like six in the morning. Oh, here you go. There's the Irish wolfhound for all of you yeah, watching. There's one for on oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, that guy's small. That guy than looks me. way too
2: happy. Uh, you know, yeah, I don't know yeah, what's yeah, going on there.
0: Like, that looks like some freaky stuff. Yeah, you got a pack of those chasing <laughs> you
2: on your bike. Let's get that picture. We had to keep our PG rating. I don't like that at all. Oh, man. Hey, let's talk a little football before we bring in Ronnie Brewer. The Bears have won three of their last four, and yet the uh, Justin Fields debate rages on. Uh, They put on 21 points right off the bat against the Arizona Cardinals, and they sat on the lead. But a lot of that goes back to play calling again. again. The
3: offensive coordinator getting conservative. It's not Justin Fields' fault. You race out to a 21-point lead, and then all of a sudden, let's just chill, okay? They scored six points in the second half and had to hold on. Come on, man. Turn, let him loose, man. Let him see what he can do. Okay, listen. For all y'all Justin Fields haters, and there's some kind of there's some kind of media bias out there to this kid. Like the narrative that keeps coming up and and what's being printed about this kid. Listen, his locker room loves him.
2: They do. They yeah, love, they
3: love him. So if you heard things, I've heard teams where they just don't like the quarterback. Well, he's such
2: and, and you'll hear about it too. You hear it. <laughs> yeah. You
3: have not heard one right Bears player come out and say anything negative about justin fields it's always been positive so when your locker room loves your quarterback like that i heard some i don't know who's the the defensive back uh
2: uh, jalen johnson uh, Johnson talked yeah came out strongly it's
3: gonna be a it's gonna be a ride in the locker room or something it's gonna be some kind of situation in the locker room they don't bring him back yeah that tells you the love that Justin Fields has.
2: And DJ Moore has been asked repeatedly about Justin Fields, and he can't say enough great things about Fields, saying that the locker room has his full support. We don't want even want to talk about a new quarterback for next season. So anytime people ask him about, hey, you got the first pick in the draft, you can you can get Caleb Williams. DJ Moore just shuts that down. He said, "We got a quarterback uh, here."
3: Listen, America, if you didn't see uh, Lamar Jackson go into San Francisco and just dismantle them yeah. with his play you know his athleticism and be able to get out of the pocket his arm like that's what Justin Fields could be like if you turn him loose if you get an offensive coordinator that would like like Baltimore they have they have they have put the offense around Lamar Jackson Mm -hmm. this is our quarterback and this is what we're going to run these are the plays we're going to run yeah he's in the pocket sometimes but a lot of his stuff is RPOs uh, rolling out, he and he's got out. the
2: freedom to improvise too. Yes.
3: If you don't like it, give me two seconds. If you don't like two seconds, then take off running. Yeah. You know, do what you got to do to get that ball down the field and move the chains. And he does that. I mean, they dismantled San Francisco. San Francisco came in as probably, arguably, the the, the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Their defense has their defense looked pedestrian against Baltimore, and you knew what Baltimore was going to do the whole time. They couldn't stop them
2: yeah and with the Bears' situation i mean they're sitting pretty right now ryan poles has done a good job of amassing draft capital if they decide that they're going to stick with justin fields they've got those two first round picks most likely carolina's pick is going to be number one overall you've got so many teams desperate for a quarterback they get three first round draft picks if they trade down
3: well and and then like i said mark we talk about this all the time when you get that that high pick you can trade down and then you know recoup a lot of different needs that you yeah. need you need a pass rusher edge pass rusher you need an offensive lineman pick oh, up marvin
2: oh, yes. harrison to go with you dj moore Marvin
3: harrison to go outside with dj moore now you've got elite wide receivers you got cole Komet who can you know take the middle of the field i mean the jason kelsey type of role yeah now your offense is just like dynamic with a dynamic quarterback and so you can take Caleb williams if you want to you know, I mean, hey, listen, or the kid from North Carolina. Drake May. Yeah, Drake yeah. May. I haven't seen enough of him, and they're losing right now in a bowl game. To well, West they're Virginia.
2: both sitting out. May and yeah, Williams aren't
0: playing.
3: Yeah, I,
2: both I, those teams I, are I playing just,
0: tonight.
3: I just haven't seen enough of him to go, wow.
0: <laughs> it's it's Chicago, though, right? Because they're also bashing Cole Komet, and he's got to be top five now in the league.
2: Cole Komet has got a value contract now. People are saying, oh, four years, 60 million. He's worth every penny I of that and a lot sure. more. As one of yeah. the better well, tight ends well, in the well, NFC. Right, it's,
3: it's not as, as we talk about Justin Fields. It's not the player's fault that he doesn't get the ball. You got to run Kelsey. Listen, Kelsey, uh, the Laporte kid from Detroit, mm-hmm. um, T.J. Hawkinson in Minnesota. They uh, Kittle. They utilize their tight end. Those guys are actually wide receivers playing tight end. They get down in the middle of the field. They stretch the defense out, and they're very reliable. You got to put him in a situation where he can succeed. Red zone should automatically be him red zone any you know from 20 yards in yeah. should be called them you should be looking for him like they do kelsey but they, you man it's almost like he doesn't even exist half the time
2: it's funny seeing all these teams backing up the chiefs have lost 3 out of 4 they're what 9 and 6 now and oh, you man. know a lot man. of the eagles have struggled they've lost like listen, 3 out of man. 4 listen, and, listen, so listen, it really man. there's it's wide open going let going into you. the football. Pl- let
3: me tell you something, america my fantasy football team <sighs> come on come on patrick mahomes you killed me it killed me.
2: How many years in a row did you win that trophy? Oh,
3: man, it was about 10. But this this year was real, though. We, we, we had a real – we had some different people that knew the game. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was playing against the three Stooges. Yeah. Oh, they upgraded the field, right? <laughs> huh? Yeah, we upgraded the field. And we were playing for big money. And I'm in the oh, semifinals. Right. I was in the semifinals. I was winning by 10,000. And then Patrick oh, – Oh, i needed to come through for me he let me down two weeks in a row he's had he's had a bad season Two weeks season. in a row he let me down but we, yeah. got, we were able to withstand it because of my defense but this week we weren't we, we couldn't hold us Oh man and then he had he had brock purdy the guy was going to have brock purdy right. through four interceptions
2: okay <laughs> and
3: wasn't penalized in the fantasy like this why not been, Some i don't know who made the rules
2: i thought but, you always lost points listen, on interceptions he
3: listen in my old days, if your quarterback threw one interception, it was minus 500. Yeah, points. yeah. Okay? I think whoever made these rules, like, minus 25. Because he threw four. I was sitting over there, look at my chops. He got four interceptions. Throw another one. Throw another
2: <laughs> one. And
3: then I started looking. I said, why is he still scoring so high? Yeah. Well, he oh, that's
2: crazy. You got to get penalized oh, for yeah. interceptions. So,
3: you know what? America, I got knocked out. I'm oh. battling for third place right now. But there's still some money for third place. All
2: right. We got something to play for yeah, this weekend. It's but really, the Bears—the Bears', the Bears future is looking up. You know, we've had uh, Mark Grody, we had Chris Emma on last week. We'll continue to bring them on as we look ahead to the NFL Draft. I think that in the next year or so, the Bears are going to be the team that you're going to reckon with them and the Lions in the mm-hmm. NFC North. Uh, Lions, of course, won the, fr- the division for the first time in 30 years, and mm-hmm. seeing Dan Campbell and those guys celebrating the locker room. You know, obviously, we're not Lions fans, but it, you know, we, anybody who watch Hard Knocks, you kind of have feel a good feeling story, yeah feel yeah good
3: story because he's he's a good coach yeah like he he may not be the biggest x and o guy but he's a heck of a motivator. good motivator he's yeah of, and that's what people don't understand about a coach you know sometimes it's not about the x and o that's why you hire good assistants you know you get an offensive coordinator defensive coordinator but the head coach has got to be the guy that brings everything together and you can tell with dan campbell like, he played the game, so he automatically gets the respect of his players because he was, was a tight end. Yeah, yeah. So he played one of the most physical and demanding positions, so therefore he gets the respect from his team right out the get-go because he's been in the trenches, you know? So now he gets everybody to play a different level. Let's change the mindset. Let's change the culture. And then hard knocks, you're like, you know, you're looking and you go, man, this team might not be so bad. Right, and yeah. And he's out, turned it around quickly. And you got to remember, they had Stafford. You know, Jared Goff was looked at as an afterthought.
2: And Stafford won a Super Bowl right away when he went to L.A.
3: Yes, and he's been struggling since then. (laughs) But golf has really turned out to be
0: a very good quarterback. Very good,
2: yeah, no question about it.
0: Yeah, there's a lesson for you. Number one pick, coming back, playing like the number one pick.
2: There you go. There you go, Tim. So, hopefully, uh, we'll see what happens. The Bears are holding all the cards when the draft rolls around. It's going to be fascinating to watch this winter.
3: Free Justin Fields.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we're going to shift the conversation back to hoops after a quick timeout. Ronnie Brewer, one of the stars of the Chicago's bench mob under Tom Thibodeau. Brain. Before we do that, I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, our buddy Jeff Fukovich. When it comes to insurance for your auto home and business, make sure you contact the guy who treats you like royalty, our friend Jeff Fukovich. You can reach him at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com. The phone number, 847-825-4783. And as we mentioned last night, Christmas caroling is over for this year, but the Nationwide jingle always lives on, courtesy of Stacey King.
3: Nationwide is on your
0: side. Nicely done. Gave me the chills again. Yeah. Just like his Christmas carols. <laughs> it's time to freshen our drinks and welcome
2: in Ronnie Brewer as we roll on on give me the hot sauce on a couple of days after Christmas. Welcome back. Give me the hot sauce rolling on on December 27th as we're taping from the palatial Palatine studios of Timmy Whispers. Would you spill something on yourself, Timmy?
0: <laughs> no, I, my my cord came on. Your point. cord got tangled? Oh, yeah.
2: I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's going back to the last segment. We're getting kicked yeah. in the groin, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just got to move on? some
0: things around. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my God.
2: Oh, we got a classy guest coming on and you got you to gotta hey, go there. That's how I start. Well, we told you in our first segment, we had a very special guest for you. It's my pleasure to introduce Ronnie Brewer. You know him as the former member of the Bulls bench mob, and he had a fantastic NBA career, was outstanding All-American at Arkansas. Now he's doing coaching at his alma mater, also doing uh, recruiting work that, there for the program. Ronnie, thanks for joining us. I know Bulls fans look back fondly on those teams at 11 and 12 and 13 when you guys went to the Eastern Conference Finals and Probably without a Derrick Rose injury, you might have had a championship ring of your own. What, what what are your reflections as you look back at that era?
1: Man, it, that was a really great time to play. I mean, I, I grew up a Bulls fan and I think the excitement, you know, around the city was really, really uh, in the air uh, because, you know, they hadn't had a team like that since, you know, the the. You know, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, and Stacey King days. There you so, go. <laughs> uh, Got to mention the King. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, it, it was it was great to be part of those teams. You know, Coach Tibbs, you know, had us playing as hard as, harder than any team in the NBA, you know, from top to bottom. You know, if, if you know, we had a, uh, a really strong starting five, but, you know, our bench was really, really good contributors as well. And, you know, it was, it was kind of the next man up. Um, and, you know, all for the greater good of trying to win an NBA championship.
3: Talk a little bit about your experience playing for Coach Tibbs. I know Tibbs <laughs> is not for everybody. you got to have a certain right. mindset and a certain, you know, attitude about yourself uh, to play for a guy like Tibbs. Talk about your experience playing with Tom Thibodeau.
1: Man, I thought, I mean, you know, no, no, no knock on Tibbs, but, you know, <laughs> everybody was talking how how tough Tibbs was and, you know, me, Booz, and Kyle Korver came from Jerry Sloan. So we were like, man, Tibbs, is, this guy is really nice. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I love playing for Tibbs. You know, to me, a little hard work never hurt anybody. And so, like, every every, every night you knew you had to bring your hard hat and your lunch pail and you were going to be, be in for a, a tough game. And so, for us, um, you know, that was our culture. And 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 we, we carried that from the practice floor uh, onto the court, and that's why we were so successful. Hard hat and lunch pail. Didn't you trademark that phrase, Stacey? Yes, I
3: did. Yes, I did. A lot of my my, my catchphrases came from this group. Yes, I know. It came from this group. Like, you know, Chicago's finest brew. Yeah, that's you know, right. And then, you know, Ronnie always, Ronnie always played the baseline. Like he'd always yeah. slash the baseline. And I always say, you know, he's like, he's playing Wimbledon. He's like, he's like John McEnroe slashing on the baseline, <laughs> you know, and he's always getting dunks on the baseline. Uh, the thing I always liked about this group of guys that played, man, you guys were selfless. You know, you guys cheered for one another. The bench cheered for the starters. The starters cheered for the bench. And Tibbs is a coach. And you got to really appreciate this as a player. He didn't really care how much money you made. It's like, if you, yeah. if you're going to help me win and you bet you beating, you're playing better than this guy who's making 20 million, I'm going to put you out there.
1: Man, we, we knew, and he told us that all the time. Hey, at the end of the day, it's all about winning. And you know, a lot of people say that, but you know, some front offices are like, well, no, it's, it's about, you know, playing our investment. You know, we, we pay this guy this amount of money and, and Tibbs is like, I don't care how much you pay him. Like if he's not playing at a high level, I'm going to play the person that's playing at a high level. And I mean, you saw that at times and you're like, well, hold on a second. He's not just like talking the talk. He's walking the walk and our whole entire team respected it. But it also, you know, made our guys raise the bar. Like D-Rose came in and it wasn't like, oh, I'm a superstar. I'm going to take it being cruise control. He was like, yeah, I'm a superstar. but well, watch the next gear I'm going to get to. And I think that's only raised the game of, you know, Booze or Lou Alding or Keem and, you know, all the great guys that we had on our team that, you know, uh, played really, really hard night in and out.
2: Ronnie, I imagine you must have had a smile come across your face last week when you saw the story. The New York Knicks had an injury to their starting center, Mitchell Robinson. So they went out looking for a guy to fill in. And all of a sudden, here comes your old teammate, Taji Wu. Taj Gibson yeah. gets picked up. I was watching the game against the Bucks last Saturday Tibbs had Taj out there for like 30 minutes. He's sitting on his couch. Now he's playing 30 minutes, you know, against one of the best teams in the NBA. That's Tibbs
1: though. Right. And you know, whenever you have, I always say, man, whenever you have a Trump card in your pocket, like you feel good when you're playing spades for for Tibbs. If he had a guy that he knew, like what his pedigree was going to be that, Hey, it's going to be no, um, ulterior motive. It's just, Hey, I want to win in whatever way I can help the team win. Uh, and I'm going to play hard every possession, and I don't need my name um, in the in the paper with with you know being the superstar. You know he he wants him on the roster. That's why you always saw you know Tibbs with the D Rose, Tibbs with the Joe Kim Noah, Tibbs with the Lou Alding, Tibbs with the Taj Gibson. Uh, and you know it was great to see you know Taj uh, come across the the waiver board and to see that that he got claimed and that he actually got to play because you know yeah. one thing about those guys that that Tibbs goes gets. You know, you, you stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And, and, and Tibbs knew he can count on Taj.
3: Talk a little bit about Derrick Rose coming to the Bulls and, and how magical that time was for you guys, because, you mm. know.
2: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
3: You guys were so close to getting to the NBA finals. And I think a lot of people here got a little disappointed when Derek didn't go out and recruit guys when LeBron and all those guys were free agents. Uh, You know, he didn't go out and actively recruit all those guys because he felt like, the bulls had enough with the guys with you and the rest of the guys that they had that they didn't really need anybody. You know, he didn't need to go out there do any extra recruiting. Talk a little bit about that
1: during that time. Well, that shows D Rose's character. He was like, instead of going out and, and, and pulling the old, Hey, if you can't beat them, join them act. Yeah. I'm going to go back to the old drawing board and get in the gym and get better as a player. Maybe I'm not doing enough. And, and, and when, and as a player, once you see that, you're like well dang if, if if he's doing that like who am i not to get in the gym and get better as a basketball player or who am i not to become a better defender or who am i uh not to put the team first um and try to win and so um we thought that we had enough we we felt like you know the first year we came a little short but that was from inexperience those other guys that beat us who had uh A lot of experience, um, you know, playoff experience, you know, there are veterans in the NBA. And so uh, we thought that next year was going to be our year. But, you know, unfortunately, uh, Dero's got hurt and he came up a little short.
2: Rodney, take us back to your college days. Your dad was a legend at Arkansas. What was it like trying to to live up to that name for a guy that had, had such success on the collegiate level?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were like, oh, we knew you were going to go to Arkansas. And, you know, people around close to me and like close to my recruitment was like, well, actually, that was the exact opposite. Like I was I was a huge Roy Williams fan. Uh, I was able to go to his basketball camp as a kid. You know, he was the, one of the first coaches to be like, hey, everybody is going to say that, you know, your your jump shot doesn't look um, like everybody else's. And it's kind of un- unorthodox. Um, he knew that I broke my arm because one of his current players were Nikki Braff, who was from my hometown. And he just said, Hey man, just keep on making it, you know, use repetition to make it go in. Um, and so I, I I was considering going to play for him. And then he ended up leaving Kansas, going to North Carolina. Then I ultimately went to Arkansas. And so then the whole, Hey, you're following your dad's footsteps, a lot of pressure on you. It wasn't really any pressure. You know, I felt like, you know, I, I, I wasn't allergic to hard work. And so you no, know, ever, wherever, wherever I went, I was gonna be in the gym. I was gonna get in the weight room to get stronger. I was gonna watch film to work on my basketball IQ. Um, and then I also wanted to be a place that they were gonna hold me accountable academically because that was something that was really important on my mom that, hey, you're gonna to go to college, you're gonna get a degree um, and you're gonna do well in the classroom. And so, uh, wasn't really any additional pressure, but I loved, it, loved the experience, you know, coming here to the University of Arkansas is, you know, a second to, to none experience, you know, playing in Bud Walton, one of the best atmospheres in college basketball. Um, It kind of made it an easy choice for me and and choosing Arkansas.
3: Talk a little bit about what it was like growing up with a dad who's such a legend at every level that he's been at high school, college, and then, you know, making it to the NBA, being a first round pick. I think seventh pick overall uh, in his draft playing with Sidney Moncrief. So he had a pedigree coming out uh, that was unbelievable. So growing up as a kid, did you feel that pressure? And did, did your dad work with you a lot? You know, an NBA guy teaching you some things that maybe, you know, coaches couldn't teach you.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously when my dad was in high school. I wasn't I wouldn't have thought of, you know, they're, they're a legendary team in Arkansas. They went undefeated, um, you know, maybe ranked as one of the all-time greatest teams in Arkansas high school history. Uh, but then when he went to college, uh, you know, he played against, I played on the same team as Marvin Delph and City Moncrief. Um, and they were, you know, Tag the term, uh, the triplets. Well, that kind of threw me for a loop because you know, growing up, <clears throat> you know, I had met Marvin Delph and City Moncrief, but I also had met my 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 dad's brothers, um, and then I had met my mom's brothers, and they called them the triplets, and I was like, I don't think they're they look like you at all, <laughs> um, and, and and so that took a long time as a kid to be like, well, you know, why are all these people saying you're you're a triplet with these t- people who are not your brother? Uh, but you know, it, it, it shows that like he had a lot of success at the college level. It showed that he had success in the uh, NBA level. And, and for me to be able to lean on him, uh, you know, to me, he was just dad. And so I, I asked him questions about life and, you know, basketball and, you know he wasn't one of those those dads where it's like hey you you got to work out five times a day and you got to do this he it, it just happened organically Is like you know my dad was like if you want to be a, one of the premier basketball players in the country like you're gonna have to put some work in him but it's gonna have to be on your terms and so you know every time i'd be like hey you know do you mind coming to the gym and you know you know, you know my mid-range game is not working or you know i'm not reading the defense like i want to and i'm not seeing the stuff that i want to and be, be able to lean on him to be able to tell me that the you know the the secrets that he that he used to be successful uh and in the work ethic he used and to me more off the court stuff um helped me a lot as far as like different investments and you know travel and taking care of your body and you know the grind and what it t- took to get in the lineup you know like when I was in Utah my first year I was drafted 14 I wasn't really playing a lot my rookie year and so I was like man I was so confused but like I was able to lean on him to be like you know what do I need to do as a as a young pro to to be a You know in this league for a long time and you know basically you know show them that you are a true pro that you're coming early that you're staying late that you're working on your game and you're lifting and you're in conditioning and you know uh you're selfless and you're cheering for your teammates even if you don't uh get in the game it's all about winning and and that's that's what stuck with me and uh i think he really helped me because you know he allowed me to get to the nba um but he allowed me to stay in the nba for a while too
2: I'm curious what you think about today's NBA. Uh, Steve Kerr made an interesting comment the other day where he said basically the league is legislated defense out of the game. We're seeing so many scores now, high 140s, 150. Uh, The Indiana Pacers are scoring like 130 a game. You prided yourself on being a great defensive player. So many games... In the modern NBA, turn into three-point shooting contests. Do you still enjoy the game as much as you did when you played, or do you think it's uh, deteriorated in some fashion because it's so reliant on the three-point shot?
1: I don't. I wouldn't say it's deteriorated. You know, I, I think every era of basketball is completely different, um, and, and that's why it, it, it makes it unique and make, make it, it makes itself great in its own self. Um, but again, I pride myself on defense. You know, I played for coach that that, you know, Sloan was tough as nails, Tibbs was tough as nails, and you know, you you had to get a stop. And if you weren't getting stops, you weren't playing, uh, or you weren't playing in crunch time. Um, and so um I think now you're you're seeing more uh utility players who who are scorers or, or not two-way players. Um, but that's why the two way players stick out like a sore thumb, um, because they do Play well on offense, but they also compete at the defensive end. Guys like Jimmy Butler, who, you know, I'm a huge fan because, you know, he has an old school game where he's going to be competitive on both ends of the floor.
3: When you, when I look at the college game, you know, I always wondered, I always wondered this for years. Like guys at the college level play defense. They get up, they uh-huh. pressure guards, they pick up full court, uh, they stay on their guy what is it and why is it that when they get to the nba it seems like they forget how to play defense like you know they don't move their feet like they did in college you know you know they don't they don't stay on their guy everything's switching you know you think about the switching this i hate the switching defense in the nba because it in my eyes watching it every night ronnie it's like you present a, a mismatch every single time
4: i'm mark chapman welcome to the planet premier league podcast
0: each week, Ces Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time
2: to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, <laughs> afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep.
0: <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.
3: You do it. No matter, yep. what, no matter who you switch, it's a mismatch every night. You being a good defensive player, what do you think about that
1: well first of all why it got to that you know i blame the internet i i blame SportsCenter center and talk shows <laughs> because, because in all reality you know they, they don't show i mean you know back in the day they, they weren't showing the san antonio spurs on sports center even though they had the best record in the nba and they were winning championships left and right um you know they wanted to see the highlights. They wanted to see the crossovers. They wanted to see the the dunks. They wanted to see all, all those in, in, in all reality, it's great. I mean, that, that part of the game is great, but you know, they're not showing guys diving on the floor. They're not showing guys taking charges. They're not showing um, you know, good rotation defense. They're not showing a guy locking somebody up repetitively. That's not, that's not is what's considered sexy or attractive. So in, in college that's what's expected. And that's the norm because know that's what's going to allow you to win games in the nba level you know we're we're just going to strategy you know strategize of switching or not a superstar not gotten a superstar um uh and and, and, but that's why you're going to see a whole bunch of high scoring games and you're going to see a a lot of three-pointers and and you know uh steph curry that's why he's gonna that's why he's gonna rewrite the history books where nobody's gonna be able to touch it because uh, the style of, of play that the nba has uh these days and you know because because it's not as physical it's not as strenuous on defense he's going to be able to play for a lot more years if he wants to because you know you're not going to be having hand checks you're not going to be physical you're, you're going to be able to play freely you're going to be able to knock down shots um but i like that because i mean i love basketball i love i love we're at the nba and so I, I don't think it's a knock on on how people play check out our new nba show beyond the arc You know, it's just a lot different than how it used to be. All right, Ronnie, brace
2: yourself. This is the portion of the interview where we let Timmy Whispers ask a question, and uh, we never know what he's going to ask, so be prepared.
0: I'm never allowed till this point, but <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's in case that somebody hangs up on us. That way, know, yeah, well, we at least well, got most of the yeah, interview in the us.
0: Rodney won't be the first. <laughs> uh, so, so be, besides uh, you making all these uh, slam dunk reels, sometimes with Stacey giving the call, and sometimes being credited for Kyle Korb being great three point shooter because your defense and practice from Utah to the Bulls. Yeah. one thing we have to find out about because you're friends with Jimmy Butler and he plays all these characters, especially when the season starts. Yeah, is it true you became friends because you couldn't stand his country music blaring? But then he walked out with some cowboy boots and a cowboy hat on.
1: That's a that's a hundred percent true. His his rookie year, um, you know, we drafted him, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. Um, We're we're, the vets come in came in and did like a vet camp. Um, The rookies didn't come because they had to go to summer league, Uh, but. You know, training camp is the first time we really, our whole team really got together. So, you know, I'm on, I'm on the road and I'm in my room and I'm like, man, dude, I'm going to have to call the front desk because whoever's like (laughs) next to me is playing country music nonstop. And so finally I was like, dude, I'm going to knock on the door. I knock on the door and uh, nobody answers. So I go back to my room. I was you know about to call the front desk and then it knocks on my door and i open the door and it's jimmy like in our like um travel sweats cut up no shirt on cowboy hat <laughs> cowboy boots and the music's still blaring. i was like uh can i help you he's like yeah you knocked on my door like what's going on i was like whoa you're you stay <laughs> next to me like, yeah yo dude no way you're listening to country music like, <laughs> like yeah yeah like and and it's it's really my fault because i i like didn't get to know him as 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 much as i should at that particular time but like right then and there it like intrigued my interest like well let me ask like questions about you so i get to know you and then right after that we we were like best friends because i was like i mean i i'm from arkansas I listen to country music like you know i grew up riding horses and you know he's from tomball texas so uh, had a lot of similarities and, and things in common. So, uh, but yeah, that was a really the first time meeting Jimmy.
3: That's, that's a really funny story. Because, Way to
1: go whispers. Cause, cause
3: you know, yeah. the funny, you, cause you remember I gave I give everybody nicknames. And so, you know, Jimmy was a rookie and he was only probably paying eight minutes a game. And, uh, on the plane, he came up to me one day, he's like, Stacy, He's like, man, you be getting everybody some cool nicknames, man. Why don't you give me a nickname? And so I, t- I said, Jimmy, well, you're only playing like five minutes a night. You got to do something. You're not being able to do nothing in five minutes. I can't give you a nickname. You know, you got to earn that. He said, man, just come on, man. Just give me something, man. Everybody got something, man. You got, you know, you got, you know, Taj. you got, you know, hard head lunch pail. You got, you know, a uh, hard hustling muscle. You got D Rose, the Windy City Assassin. Just give me something. So I said, all right, Jimmy, let me think about it. So then Jimmy got in the game one day. It was, it was, uh, it was like, uh, you know, just some murder minutes where you guys were beating somebody by 25 tis pulled up called off the dogs and put you know, jimmy 90 seconds left yeah he put jimmy out there for like about six minutes jimmy had like three buckets in a row so then i started i gave him the nickname you know jimmy g you know jimmy g buckets you know g the g stands for gets and so yeah. he came up to me the next day he said oh man that was dope i like that nickname <laughs> i like i said well i hope you get more minutes bro i hope you get more minutes because where yeah. you're going right now Ooh, i don't know if you're gonna be able to get any buckets and so now he's ran with it so that that time honestly that was some fun times Uh, you know, covering you guys, because you guys were fun to watch. You guys, every single night, the one thing I really liked about that group, every single night you guys took it personal when teams came to Chicago, whether you won or lost, they knew that they weren't sitting their stars out when y'all came, when they came to Chicago. They wouldn't say, oh, this is an easy game. Let's sit our guys out. They knew coming to Chicago that you guys were going to play them tough for 40, you know, 48 minutes the whole time. And that's what right. I really liked about that team. You guys were really, really hard-nosed uh, defensive team. You you could score. You could do a lot of different things. It was a fun time watching you guys play.
1: Man, I I think that, and, and, and people say this in, in professional sports, but, like, we really lived it in professional sports. Like, we were as close-knit group, like, at close like a family than I think anybody in the NBA because we felt like, you had to be that close and you had to like mesh because you had to trust the next person beside you. Like if I was overplaying somebody and they went back door, I had to trust Taj or Joakim or Amir uh, to contest and, and block the shot. Um, those guys knew, well, if I want to go block the shot, I have to have somebody to, to smash down and cover my guy because I'm going over to help, you know, somebody get beat and, you know, nine out of 10, 10 out of 10 times we were going to do that. And because we, we did that and we got stops on defense on the defensive end, it made it fun offensively because we're going to share the ball. We didn't have any guys that were selfish or looking guys off um, ha- or have a- alternative motives about, you know, what they were trying to do. It was all about, Hey man, we're trying to go win uh, a championship and put another banner up there because of the history that they, that came before us. Um, and it didn't, it didn't help that, you know, the years we were there, it seemed like the Bulls had every, uh, commemorative reunion for every uh, championship game. And so we, we had to see, you know, Michael and, you know, Scotty and Dennis and all these guys come back, you know, we'd been around you and, you know, saw Scotty, but like, you know, seeing Michael Jordan come back, you're like, Oh crap. Or Ron Harper. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're like, man, uh, you know, and hearing them talk crap to you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, it, it's all it's all fun and in, in, in games until you know you're the number one seed and you don't win. And yeah. it's like damn, that 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 that's like hits hard because it's like you know nobody's going to remember that team that that was really really good that didn't win it. They're, they're always going to remember the team that that uh, brought the trophy home. But you know, loved the opportunity and, and loved you know playing with the team because you know we were really really close.
3: How, how special was it that your dad played here? And then you got here. So I think you guys are the only two in bulls history. have a father, son playing the bulls organization. How, how special was that when you decided to come here and you got here and, and you ended up here in Chicago, how special was that for you?
1: It was really special because, you know, like I said, I grew up a, a, a huge bulls fan, uh, you know, here at Arkansas, uh, our local TV stations played WGN. And so, uh, and I tell this story all the time. Um, Obviously, I knew who Michael Jordan was. I knew he was really, really good at basketball. But, you know, when I was really, really young, you know, they would say the starting lineup. And when Scottie Pippen, they would announce Scottie Pippen, they would say from, you know, Central Arkansas or Hamburg, Arkansas. And I was like, oh, oh, there's 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 a guy from Arkansas in the NBA that's winning championships. Like he's gotta be the best player in the world. Um <laughs> so when I signed with Chicago, you know, I was—I tell her by that story because it's literally the truth. Like, I was sh- Chicago down throughout my whole house, uh meeting Scottie Pippen, um, and having my dad there. And was like, man, it was just a crazy moment. That you know, obviously my dad played there, but also idolizing Scottie Pippen because you know he played on the Bulls and he was from Arkansas. Yeah, it was really cool and to be able to see all the banners around is just a, a cool situation.
3: Wait, wait, one more thing, I got one more thing about Arkansas. Okay, so. You guys are starting to become a pipeline to the NBA these last few years. I mean, you got, you know, Bobby Portis, you got Jordan Walsh in Boston, Daniel Gaffron in Washington. Uh, you're starting to – people are starting to notice you guys are starting to have some serious talent down there in Fayetteville. Talk a little bit about what Eric Musselman has done down there and how important it is for you guys to continue to not only get, you know, get these guys to graduate, but to give them the opportunity to chase their dreams in the NBA.
1: Well, I mean, the the main thing that we, we preach is, you know, we're here to develop, um, you know, you can go to a school and, you know, it could be a, a phenomenal experience and you can get to the NBA, but, you know, there's not a staff in in college basketball that's more experienced or has a more NBA experience in the Arkansas Razorbacks. Eric Muslin being a head coach in the NBA for multiple teams, Keith Smart being a head coach in the NBA for multiple teams, myself playing in the NBA, you're going to get a nba experience uh and so the guys that we have come um to arkansas like guys like Jalen williams who's at okc who, who's who's playing there uh guys like nick smith jr or, or um, a ricky council or jordan walsh or anthony black uh a moses moody who was the one and done uh that's with golden state uh daniel gaffer like you said pat beverly there's a lot of guys in the nba right now that, that has arkansas ties and so um we're going to try to develop you the best possible way we can we're going to get you the most nba ready um but we are also going to hold you accountable off the floor i i think that's one of the things that our our student athletes parents enjoy the most is like we're, we're going to do exactly what we tell you you're going to do uh there's no gray area with us there's no hey i don't know what kind of person this guy is because you know i'm over the player development part where you know we're going to go uh do um you know, we're going to go to schools and read to achieve. We're going we're, we're going to do uh, our version of NBA cares, Arkansas Raceback cares. Where we're we're going to feed the homeless, or doing coat drives, or toy giveaways. Uh, we're we're going to be a staple in the community, so you don't have to be like you know an NBA executive is like who who is this person outside of the court. Um, and we're going to hold you accountable academically. You know, I, I tell people this that. You know, yes, I was an All-American at Arkansas, but I was also on the acad- academic honor roll at Arkansas as well. I, I did leave after three years, but I did come back and graduate. So, you know, I can't preach for you to do something if I didn't do it myself. And and, and so, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, not only are we putting guys in the NBA and developing guys, uh, but we're also winning at a high level. Um, but again, like I said before, we're only scratching the surface. We're, we're trying to make a final four. We're trying to win a national championship. And that's our ultimate goal.
2: Well, Ronnie, we wish you continued success with the Arkansas basketball program. Thank you so much for taking us down memory lane for those great teams with the bench mob under Tom Thibodeau. And happy holidays. Happy New Year. And thanks again for being on the show. Watch
3: out for them suitors. If you play them again, baby, just <laughs> <to stream it. laughs> I, I, li- I
1: literally about to say, Stacey, uh, I appreciate <laughs> you talking crap. I, I, I love that. Uh, you know, I. I, I don't try to do it. You know, we beat Duke this year and I didn't say anything to booze or luau, Uh, But I appreciate you saying and talking crap because now we have that game circled for next year. And we're yes. Looking <laughs>
3: yes, sir. I hey, when I saw that game, I said, oh, let me get, let me contact, bro, man. I got I to <laughs> let him know, man. I cannot let this slide, man. I got to let him know because that was a big win on the Oklahoma resume, baby.
1: Absolutely, man. I appreciate that. And I, I love that, man. And Merry Christmas to y'all and Happy New Year's. And thank y'all for having me on the show.
2: And we'll send you some of Stacy's trademark uh, hot sauce. We've got Absolutely. signature varieties. We'll send it your yes, way. Yes,
3: yes. And she'll like, it too. <laughs> she'll like
0: it too. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Ronnie Brewer, our guest, oh, and man, Give me bro. the hot
2: sauce. We got a couple more surprises before we wrap things up today. We told Ronnie we're going to send him some of Stacy's delicious hot sauce and the holidays are still continuing. Christmas is over, but New Year's right around the corner. You want to spice things up? Invite
0: Christopher Walken to your party. That'll spice things up. That's right, Mark. It's an interesting time of year because, again, the time just flies by. I took too much time to start enjoying hot sauce later in life. And next year, (laughs) I'm going to be another year older. And that's why... You should get some hot sauce for New Year's, put it on some meatballs or whatever else you have. What about whisper uh, Swedish meatballs? Would that, would that work? It spices up anything, Mark. It doesn't matter. I mean, you put it on your eggs when you're hung over in the morning. You put a little bit in your Bloody Mary when you're hung over in the morning. You can even put some on your fries when you listen to the Foo Fighters. <laughs> that sounds like a good concept. I like that. yeah.
3: Mostly though, mostly it's pretty good on balls.
0: Well, you would know this, Mr. <laughs> King. You spent years in the NBA trying a lot of different things and going to places like Mitchell Brothers. <laughs>
3: oh, oh hey, keep that. Hey, I'm trying to keep having home over there, man. Me...
0: <laughs> I'm part of the Hollywood elite. I know things.
3: You know about Mitchell Brothers?
0: That's right. I'm an investor, and I clip a little coupon every now and then.
3: America, you don't want to
0: know about Mitchell Brothers. Sometimes it feels like hot sauce got in your eye at Mitchell's Brothers. <laughs> oh, and you think it's pink eye, but oh it's God. something else. All right, all right hey, uh, Chris. Hey,
2: hey. We hey, know hey. that the uh, folks in the Chicagoland area can go to their local Jewel Osco and get Stacy's Great Sauce. If you don't live in this area, how can you get a bottle?
0: Well, if you're not hitting the jewels and there's a lot of them, a couple hundred of them, go to the com. G-I-M-M-E, the hot sauce dot com and use some of our codes. I mean, you get free shipping, you get some free sauce. Just put in the codes. Is that Slacker Whisper still bottling it up? He's boxing it up. And I heard there's some broken bottles that went out and you can't put that in as a stocking <laughs> stuffer when it's leaking all over the place. It's a dangerous stocking stuffer. It well, a hole right through the well, stocking.
2: I, I had
3: somebody send me a text. and I, I had like get four stitches because the bottle broke. <laughs> it like,
0: hey, I don't know to yeah. tell you. It yeah. happened to me like that movie Suicide Kings I was in when they cut off my pinky. It happened from one of Whisper's boxes that he sent me. My pinky got movie cut trapped. off. All right, Chris. Well, happy New Year.
2: Happy New Year. Be Chris. safe.
0: Celebrate Yikes. safely. Back to Hollywood. Bye, bye. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of uh, popular guests on the show, or maybe unpopular guests, we've got—I uh, guess—we've got the worst Bulls fan in the history of creation, uh, Jesse, who appeared on the show a couple of weeks ago. He's calling in, and I guess he, he wants to get some uh, comments out again. I mean, he, he's got the worst takes ever. He wanted to trade Kobe White at the height of his career. You know, he's, he, he thinks that the Bulls have to start a, a total rebuild.
0: He wants to trade everybody. Whispers, you got a question for Jesse? I think we're to spice this stuff up, and I think Jesse's got some good ideas. And no, some, he does Sometimes no. you have to start at a certain level Deranged. to get back to the yeah. middle. <laughs> all right, where is Jesse? The world's most unpopular take, trade well, Kobe White. All right, where are, where is Jesse? Let's get him on the, the screen here. Let's. No, you don't, don't see him. Man. He's talking right, to us. Oh, so just on the phone. Oh, really? oh hey, Jess. Yes, Jess, I hear right. you. So, you were very uh, popular two, by two popular weeks ago. <laughs>
4: That's yeah. one way of yes. I say, back by unpopular demand because the fans hate what they can't understand. Who are the fans? They are old men stuck in the 90s hoping to yearn for the days of the GOAT. And what do they not understand? That is basic common sense. Embrace the tank. Now, look at here. Since last time I've been on, we've gone 4-2. and two. Some would say good news. What I say is we're in 10th place, five games out of the playoff. Get out of here. Trade them. Let's embrace the tank. So it's, now, not, it's not a yes, run to the play-in
0: then? What about the run to the play-in?
4: Run to the, you know, maybe at best leaving to the Bucs again, you mean?
3: Oh, Jesse. First of all, first of all, we've had to come. During this win streak, we we battled our way into the tenth spot. We were below that before that, and we weren't even considered even in a play-in. Now we've got ourselves at the tenth position. We're what nine and four throughout this thing. If this Bulls team continues to play the way it does. Uh they got a shot to get themselves legitimately in the playoffs because there's a lot of teams in that are not playing well right now. A lot of injuries to certain teams. So uh Indiana's starting to come back down to earth a little bit. So uh there's a possibility the Bulls could move up and then there's a trade deadline. Who knows what's gonna happen over that
4: time? There's also a possibility that one day I might hit five foot seven, And here I am at twenty-seven years old. That ain't a great possibility. I'm sure and that is what it is, but what I can tell you. Is that while you might say we're getting better, Kobe over these last four games, no, six games, scratch that, has put up decent numbers, 25 and five. But have you guys noticed he is down to 30% with his threes? So much for Timmy's uh, prediction about him being on that three point contest, huh?
3: Okay, first of all, you said you're 5'7 you're, you're or you're below 5'7? Okay, so you're about to edge of being a-, a horse jockey. <laughs> okay, so you'll be out there <laughs> <laughs> ready to run the conjecture a Little right, got, you got you something there, Jesse? Let me tell you something. Hey. listen, let me, let me tell you something about Kobe White. Kobe White, Kobe White is still playing extremely well. The three point ball is not falling, but it's expected. He's probably tired. You know, he's playing a lot of minutes. He's doing playing hard on defense. So yeah, his three point shooting is going to suffer a little bit. A lot of people's three-point shooting is suffering. It's a league-wide thing. You know, Steph Curry's three-point shooting is is suffered this year. So if you look at the numbers across the board, this is pretty normal. But I'll take Kobe doing what he's doing right now. We're nine and four. He's playing well, uh, and he's got a chance. Hopefully to to win the Most Improved Player, and he's got a chance possibly, uh, depending on how the Bulls finish up towards All Star break, maybe get on the All Star team.
4: Now, look, I'm not going to be here to hate on Kobe White. I actually like Kobe White. Because I think he might actually be able to give us some trade value. Because the thing is, you said it yourself. Zach Levine, forty million dollars at best, a third option. He's gonna get us what? Rui, maybe D'Lo, maybe Gabe Vincent, maybe a second round pick. I want myself some first round pick. Let's go ahead and package Kobe White no. with Andre Drummond, who no. just for the no, first no. time in his life actually Listen helped out. Us. The this team. is
3: the, this is the time I wish I had that little dog collar that I can shock you wherever you're at, wherever you're at, closet you're in, or wherever you're at, and you, everybody can hear you yell, because ah! I shocked you. Every time you say something crazy, I shock your little ass, okay? We're not trading Kobe White. He's 24 <laughs> years old. If you, if you are going to rebuild, you want to rebuild with a 24-year-old who's been in the league four years in experience. He would be your elder statesman at 24 years old, and you build around him and Patrick Williams. As far as trying to trade him and get a first-round pick, no, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. I don't think anybody in their right mind, any NBA team would make that trade. Would you think anybody would make that trade, Mark?
2: No, and he wants to throw Andre Drummond in coming off a 24.25 Oh, you want rebunding. to trade Andre yeah. Drummond
3: now yeah. for a first-round pick?
2: He wants to get rid of him, too.
4: I want to get me some value because Zach Levine's getting you a second. DeMar DeRozan's on an expiring contract and who's the best we can get is sending him over to the EuroLeague. And we might get a printer. Yeah, did you say? Wait a minute. Hold on. There was a little disconnection
3: on the phone. Reception on the phone. Did you say you sent to the to the EuroLeague? Yeah,
4: we might get a printer in return.
3: Oh, my God. Hey, I, Jesse,
2: I, I, we're going to send Max Struess to your house and kick I, you in the groin, yeah, right? exactly.
3: Exactly. You know what? You know what? Your, your, your takes are stale. They're stale. They're <laughs> awful. And who left this man on this show? America. Hey. Hey, oh,
0: Timmy, hey, Whispers, hey, hey, Jesse! Timmy Whispers got? Hey, hey, Jesse! Tell us what your thoughts are on the Blackhawks, though.
4: Uh, Blackhawks! I'm not here to talk about the Blackhawks. I'm here to talk about embracing the tank. So with that, boys, I hope you have yourself a happy New Year's. In the words of another short, chubby, but lovable sob, Eric Carmen, Screw you! I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's right. That's hey, hey, happy New Year hey, in the world. That's a bad attitude yeah. to have, there, Jesse. That's we our guy
2: Jesse.
0: Yeah,
3: Jesse, we give you airspace. You gonna hang up on us? What kind of bullshit is that? <laughs> <laughs> that's just it's, it's hung up on us? Yeah, it hang
0: that's up? all right. That's all right. Oh, yeah, he's gone.
2: Wow. Good riddance
0: to the most unpopular wow. Bulls fan. Bulls
3: fans, make sure you leave comments on the uh, on the on the YouTube uh, channel so we can roast Jesse's ass. I,
0: I don't even like that song, Jesse's Girl anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it doesn't fit him. Hey, D, we got any real fans out there with some
2: comments? Yes, yes, we do, gentlemen. All right. Starting off with Matt
3: from our YouTube, can someone ask the front office why we are allergic at signing and drafting anyone above six foot nine? We need size, more rim protection, and apparently we also it says that we need to lead to fast breaks.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
3: Well, I've kind of said that too. I think we got too many guards. We I've got a lot of guards. That. We got yeah. a lot of guards. Since I mean. I don't know, Billy's fascination with guards. And I think I think one of the fascinations with them is the way the defense is being played with all the switching and stuff. But you need some guys, six seven guard guys that can do that kind of stuff. Well they like had Terry Vanderbilt. Taylor playing backup center at six five yeah, yesterday. Yeah, they did we're just too we're too small. I mean, I, I would love to see them go out and get a, a six nine guy yeah. that can play multiple positions for you, you know, play some three, four, and five. That's I word. think who? That's
2: no, no, not for no, Zach. No,
3: no, man, not for Zach. Listen, listen, everybody in America, listen, Zach, we're not just going to give Zach away, man. That, you're offering Doritos and a Fanta, okay, for Zach. Okay, that's not happening. If you're not giving the Bulls what they want, that's going to help our franchise, why in the hell would we give the Lakers Zach to help them in the playoffs.
2: Yeah. Why? I mean he's under contract. He's under yeah, contract. Yeah. If we
3: don't like, if we don't like the packages, if AK and them don't like the trade packages, they can sit on Zach. Just hang say, you on you know to what? him. Yeah. Hey, he's just staying here. We got three more years with him, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, maybe he buys into the system, maybe he changes his mentality, maybe he wants to stay here. Maybe he realizes, you know, hearing all the trade talk that there's not a big market out there. The market's been not watching this
2: team yes. having fun too. Yes,
3: and it's and and it's gotta it's gotta wear on him a little bit. It's like, hey, you know what? And like I said, I'm not going to blame Zach 100%. You know, could could Zach be a little bit more of a team player and pass the ball? Yes. DeMar has changed his game. He can do too. But also, you know, Billy's got to take some blame in that too because they're playing for him. If they don't play the style that Billy wants, Billy should sit them. Say, hey, this is not what we're going to play. We're not going to play iso ball. But you can't blame those two guys for the way the team has been playing up until this point. So now they've proven, like at least with, at least with DeMar, it's proved that he can – change his game a little bit to fit what they're trying to do and I think Zach's a smart enough guy he can do that but for Zach what's going to what it's going ha- to really need for Zach Zach is going to have to try to be a complete player he's going to have to try to be a better defensive player and give you effort defensively not just on the offensive end but defensively
2: let's take one more Cisco All right,
0: so this one is from longtime listener viewer Ben Feldman
1: I'm and confused ben. about yep I'm confused about Draymond what about Drummond, sorry, wrong name. I'm uh, confused he, about Draymond too. Me too. Oh my god, he's got big drinking. He's a like, Draymond Drummond. Oh, We're I'm all confused. confused about Drummond. He's literally the best rebounder per minute in the NBA for the last decade. Why doesn't he get more minutes? Well,
3: you know what? It's a good it's a good question because I also have been wondering that. You know, and you know, this is a guy that's probably playing about 14 minutes a night. Uh, it's started almost 700 games. So Ben, I feel your pain, especially with his team. Uh, lacking rebounding and lacking size. Uh, I've always wondered why he hasn't played. And, you know, the big thing we said last night, Mark, at the game, when we were doing the game was, is that I felt he was going to do a 2020 game. I felt that I, I just, he's going to get the minutes. He does not have to worry about getting pulled out. My biggest concern was don't pick up silly fouls. Cause there's been games where he's walked out and hit three fouls in like 30 seconds. So that was my biggest thing. So he showed Billy Donovan that I can play extended minutes and help you win ball games. So now, with Vooch being out seven to 10 days, I don't know how many games are in there in that seven to 10 day period. This gives Andre Drummond two things. It gives Andre Drummond a chance to show the coaching staff that he can play viable minutes, get me out there. Second, it shows other teams that may say, hey, this guy's still alive. He still can play. He can still be a force, you know, in the game. So uh, it ups his value over the summer. He becomes now his his money grows. So he'll probably be because the Bulls got him on a steal. He's he's on a steal right now. That's a that's a really doable contract for a guy who can do what he does. So um, and then also too, Mark, it puts pressure on Vooch. Like you got to come out and play every night. You know, Vooch has had the luxury of not having someone behind him to threaten minutes from him. See now while he's gone, if Andre can just give me 15 and 13, and, and maybe occasionally throwing a 20-10, and 20-15 and 15 game in, that puts pressure on Vooch now because Vooch now has to sit on the sideline and watch how this guy posts up, watch how this guy plays big and strong and physical, and watch how he rebounds. And so now Vooch has to sit over just like Zach and just like Damar, and I'm going to have to alter my game a little bit. I, maybe I can't shoot 10 jumpers. Maybe I need to get in the post a little bit. He's making it look easy. I've got more post moves than, you know, he's got more post moves than Drummond on the, on the block. He's much more gifted with his back to the basket and Drummond. And if Drummond's making it look easy with just jump hooks, imagine what he can do.
2: Yeah, there's a couple of things to add on that. You know, coaches are so fascinated now with switching everything, and teams are always running that one four, one five pick and roll. And if the center can't get out and move his feet, they want to get him on the bench. And we've seen so many times where Andre's got quick hands. Yes. He'll reach in and tap the ball away from the guard. He He'll picked, show he hard on picked, that screen. He almost picked Trey Young yesterday. Yeah, yeah.
3: You know, and Trey Young got the ball back, but he knocked the ball ball away from Trey Young. So, and he moves his feet really, really well. Like he's always, if you watch the two, the difference is, you know, Vooch plays a drop zone, and Drummond plays. I'm up there in your face, and that's a a big difference, and it makes it harder for that team to run their sets because when you see a guy doing a drop zone, and if their man, if your center sets a good screen. And you, you know, you roll to the basket. It becomes a two-on-one break. That's right. why you kept yeah. seeing those lobs yesterday to Capella. That was so wide open that they had no one that could, you know, the backside guys weren't there. Drummond did his job. He stepped out to help, but no one helped. And you heard Ronnie Brewer talk about it in, this, in the in the segment that you know, playing for tips. It was like one guy would go help, and another guy would have to crash down and help that guy. So. Uh, you know, that's you, you didn't see a lot of that last night, but they made, when it counted, they, they did it.
2: And the other factor is Vooch is on a big contract, so he's going to get his minutes automatically. We'll see how that shakes I out. Tom Divido was here. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a whole different ball game. No, no question yeah, about it. Oh, you play some defense, boy. And everybody's busy celebrating the holidays with family and friends. Maybe you're not watching much TV over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Whispers, you got any recommendations, things you've been watching?
0: I've watched uh, Maestro. Uh, Yeah, that's got a lot of publicity. Yeah, Leonard Bernstein. It's uh, been in theaters,
2: now it's available on Netflix.
0: And uh, extremely well done, um, even if you don't know his history. Um, A conductor, writer, producer. He did a little bit of everything in music. Uh, Most people think of him as the New York Symphony guy, but he also wrote the song, So Pretty, You're So Pretty. (laughs) So he wrote West Side Story. So the guy from The Hangover is playing uh, Leonard
2: Bernstein. Yeah, and
0: what's crazy, uh, he looks just like him. Like without more additional makeup, they did do his hair up and stuff. Yeah, but the uh, he does his voice and then the mannerisms. Yeah, and Who's you think you're watching Leonard Bernstein? Who's playing him? Or Bradley Bernstein, Cooper? as they say in New York. He, we we all call him Bradley? Leonard Bernstein. Bradley, Bra- Cooper? Bradley Cooper. Yeah, he was the uh, producer uh, as well as the Tim uh, showing a little class. Yeah, nice. I'm trying to show
3: that he can watch some really good, nice, <laughs> you know, movies instead of porn
0: all the time. Way to go, Tim. <laughs> well. There's Freak. a there is a, a movie called Maestro on Red 2 but that's also yeah, that's a oh, It's a whole man. different oh, it's, oh, it's a whole different story. Come on now. it's a different kind of a conductor stick but we'll, we'll oh, go there. Okay, okay, <laughs> you are off the
3: tracks. And Stacey's right.
2: uh, continuing to yes, uh, sail Vikings, along with the Vikings.
3: Vikings, I'm on season 6 right now. Uh coming to the coming to the end of it is I'm telling you America. If you have not watched this show, I guarantee you watch this show. You'll be you'll be thanking me. You'll be saying, "Stacey, thank you for recommending Vikings. It's an awesome show. Um, it's coming down to the end now, and so a lot of the characters are they're changing. They're changing. That's all I can tell you. I don't want to give you all. I don't want to give right. it away. I don't want to give it away. But I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna go see this weekend, though, because you know we're still in town. Uh, I'm gonna go see the Iron Claw with the Von Ericks, okay. the, they're talking about the wrestling. Cause I was a big wrestling fan growing up. And um, I just found out it is at the movie theater. So I'm going to go check it out. But I was a big wrestling fan in Oklahoma and, and the Von Erics were from Texas. So, you know, we grabbed uh, Oklahoma kids gravitated to the Von Erics This is before we knew it was fake. Okay. And so if you little kids watching right now, I'm sorry to spoil it to you. It is fake. Okay. Somebody had to tell me and I didn't like it. So I'm telling you it's fake. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't the
0: Rock's dad with him? Wasn't the Rock's uh, dad, Dwayne Jackson? Yeah, he was in there. yeah. Uh, Yeah, Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Rocky. But they were—that was the day when they had like you know Harley Race. They had you know uh, you know Dick the Bruiser. They had all these uh, Pork Chop Lane. They had all these great great wrestlers. The Junkyard Dog. This I mean there there were some really iconic wrestlers during that like 70s 80s. The Von Erics came in. And they really made the wrestling the way it is now. You know, Fritz Von Erich was the was the, was the a the world champion. He had the iron claw. And then he would put his claw on people's head, and their head would just explode, or their head would start bleeding because they're squeezing it so tight. And then the brothers came along. And then it was like, you know, it was David Von Erich, it was Kevin Von Erich, it was Kerry Von Erich, and it was Mike Von Erich. There was like four or five of them. And it's a tragic story. It's a tragic story because each one of those kids – you know, the pressure of trying to follow from their dad and and to you know in this business and according to you know history, the dad really drove these kids to be the best at this this professional wrestling. So uh he had so much invested in it. And so they end up like four or five of the kids of the sons passed away. There's only one left.
2: Well, speaking of uh sports stories, uh, I got a chance to watch the uh George Brett documentary on, on MLB G. Network. <laughs> And and this was a really interesting story. He is, His older brother, Ken Brett, was the more accomplished athlete in high school growing up. He went on to pitch for about 10, 12 seasons in the major leagues, the Red Sox, Angels, and a bunch of teams. And Brett, in this documentary, talks about how hard his father was on him and just treated him brutally throughout because he favored his the older son. And he always thought that Ken was the better athlete. So George was starting to get recognition. He got drafted in the later rounds and then he started working his way up through the Royals minor league system. And all of a sudden, he worked with Charlie Lau, and the light came on, and he started hitting, you know, crazy averages, and started progressing to be one of the best hitters in baseball. And his dad still wouldn't give him any respect. He always favored wow. the older brother. He would always talk Rick down Santini. to him. And and the funny thing was that the year that Brett almost hit four hundred, he hit three ninety. After you know. 390 he won mvp all these different honors his dad called him up and he says you couldn't get five more lousy hits did 400 oh
0: wow wow. Wow. this is great (laughs) santini yes yes. wow man
2: it's it's really well done and george is very raw and candid so if you like sports docs this is a good one to check out it's it's been featured on the mlb network and i'm sure you can pick it up on demand
3: yeah just speaking of baseball because i just lost one of my one of my good good friends um At the university of ryan minor Minor. yeah i saw that i broke who was who's the guy who replaced cal ripkins yep uh the iron man streak Mm -hmm. he ended up taking uh third base uh, from uh, Cal Ripken as he retired and ended up breaking the street because Cal Ripken probably could have played another 50 games if he really wanted to. Um, and so, yeah, he just passed away this weekend, man. Yeah, really way too young. For Sooner Nation, man. Was it like 51, 52? Yeah, it was 50, 52, I think. And, and um, you know, just a great guy. He was coaching in the minor leagues. He was a hell of a ba- uh, basketball yeah. player. He's got a lot of records at Oklahoma. He got drafted by the 76ers, and then he, he chose baseball. He was on the national championship uh, team in, in Oklahoma on uh, the Sooner baseball team and just a stud athlete, two two sports star, uh and a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete, but a, a really better, really better person. Really right. good kid, man. And every time I saw him, it was always a pleasure to see him, always bring a smile to your face. And we just I mean he had this great sense of humor. And uh just to see this go down like this, man, it was just a complete shock to everybody, you know, back home in Oklahoma. He's an Oklahoma kid too. So uh it's really sad to, to for that to happen
2: yeah a very sad story so you know treasure your time with your loved ones give everybody a hug and tell them how much you love them because you don't know how much time is promised to you in this life uh you know kind of a somber note to end it but we hope you all had a great christmas uh celebrate safely the new year we'll be back with a brand new show stacy's got some big guests coming up in the new big year guess, so make guess. sure to tune in every week you never know who might show up on yeah, give me the hot sauce you never, you never know you never know you know yeah. christopher Walker to be here because he's got nowhere else to be yeah
0: I'm getting no jobs anymore. (laughs) I'm old. I mean, I have my 80th birthday in March. I mean, it's hard being a Pisces these years. Oh, my God. (laughs) Hey, we're done.
2: So, (laughs) happy new year to everybody. I want to thank D and Cisco for doing their great work.
3: And Nick. We got Nick. Oh, Uh, and we want to talk about Nick.
2: We want to also talk about the uh, Winnie St. Limousine before we
0: get out of here. Oh, oh, yeah, we
3: forgot about that. Oh,
0: (laughs) and something else. Oh, yeah. Windy
3: City Limousine provides championship service. Making a reservation is easy at a slam dunk. Let Windy City break the full core pressure of traffic to get you to your destination in style and all time. Contact us at 847-916-9300. And by the way, America... Start making your reservations for New Year's Eve. Or
2: you that's right. No you ride. don't want to be driving. You don't want to be driving. No. That's why right. You
3: got to call Windy City. They got they got all kind. They got not only do they got SUVs, they got party wagons, they got trucks. They got everything, baby. They got a they got the party bus. Oh, you can put 100 people on there, baby. They got, they got stripper pole. Oh, no, I don't got that. Uh, uh, they got all kind of stuff.
2: <laughs> you know, Whispers, uh, if you would have been uh, talking about your magic mind, I think maybe
0: we would have gotten that in the show a little. Yeah, early, you let's know? get the magic. That's, mind that, 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 that's true. Yeah, this stuff is amazing. Like if you sure, had taken take it, some, take some, yeah. take some, if yeah. you had taken some, Mark, you remembered we should have talked about this Wow, <laughs> wow!
3: I already had mine today. Go ahead, and take yours, Tim. Take so, a shot and let the it so, All right, let, let's do this. Shake it up.
0: Yep, we're gonna do it right on air See, here.
3: I'm glad that we didn't have this earlier because he might have been talking for the whole show. Yeah.
0: Well, um, you took that uh, out of champ. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, uh, Wow. And she'll like it, too. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, she'll like it, too. Wow. They oh, boy. Down. Yeah, th- thanks for the uh, yeah. The support here. So Tell the folks Holy about some cow. of the benefits of the God, Magic Mind. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things. Like A lot of times people get going during the day. They have their lulls, whatever. They want to yeah. get their, 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 their brain working again, and they just go to the cafe. You experience room. that often, I think. About yeah. every t- uh, 15, 20 <laughs> minutes, yeah, I have this lull. An ant. Oh. <laughs> so anyhow you take this it's a it's a nootropic, It's got some adaptogen it's a matcha so it gets your brain yeah. working faster and it uh gives you,
3: it gives you like a, it gives you like a little kick man i was really amazed by it I've, I've been using it now for the last couple of weeks since the last time we were in here
0: yeah but it's uh like compared to like just sucking down a bunch of coffee you don't get the jitters it just kind of no, pumps was you back no up
3: jittery feeling it was i felt like i was really drinking something healthy
0: you know and, well that uh, does feel like that yeah, yeah it doesn't feel like
3: like you know there's some other stuff out on the market that you're like oh, maybe i shouldn't be drinking this you know it's got too much sugar or something grapefruit no, and grass yeah, clippings yeah, this is i never thought i'd be drinking grass but you know i mean it it, it had a nice little taste to it didn't it, it wasn't bitter wasn't an aftertaste and uh, it works. I I I'm using it. I take it before games, and then you can see if you watch a Bulls game, you can see I'm a, I'm my energy level super high. America. And, and pulling out, I'm taking Magic
0: pull, Mind, baby. And you're pulling out stats who you, you, you couldn't pull back before. Oh, yeah.
2: So so, whispers. How can folks uh, get a bottle of Magic Mind? Well,
0: they go to MagicMind.com slash Jan, Stacy Kings, and then. Uh, just add the code Stacy Kings and get a uh, discount. Or you Deep it, discount. Or
3: you can go to so Contact Whispers. He's got them in his truck.
0: That's true, too. He's selling, <laughs> I sell selling him cash.
3: He's sell
2: on
0: Quentin Road and <laughs> well, Northwest Highway. I know a lot of people slow minds, so I got to help <laughs> them out. <laughs> Works, so there's
2: America. some, there's some advice for the holiday. Pick up some magic mine and some hot sauce. Mix yes. them together. Yeah. You never know what oh, might happen. <laughs> <Trust me>, <laughs> hot sauce and the magic mine, baby. All, All right, right, we've done enough damage. Time to get out of here for the last show of 2023. Happy All New Year, everybody!
3: Is this is the last show of the 2023. Uh,
2: uh, yeah, let's yeah, make it it for my show let show Pretty role sure role we're not doing one on Saturday
3: <laughs>
2: and drink some magic. Mine,
3: <laughs> <laughs> it feels so good when you drink magic. mind T- <laughs> Oh, Tim, yeah. see,
0: so messed up the rhythm. See, me and Mark Christopher Walken is walking that, I was doing that, the hiccups. Come oh, on. God, ah. see,
3: We had a nice little thing going. Mark hits the hit a note. I hit a yeah. note. Then we pass it to you, and you just crashed the car.
2: Well, that's what I do. Drink another bottle of Magic Mind, yeah, my drink, friend. Yeah, you know, I think, you think I will. Yeah, i want let you do that, man. Right. Yeah, and she'll you. like it, too. Hey, so long, oh my everybody. Goodness. Happy it's New Year,
4: Up. give me hot sauce. What are you doing,
3: dragon Did you not get the memo? Derrick Rose can go upstairs.
4: Whoa, oh let me step back and kiss myself. Oh my MVP gosh, time! Me. When the City assassin does it again.